On this episode of Arisen, we celebrate Easter with all of you. We look at the events of Palm Sunday, Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and finally the empty tomb as we celebrate another year of resurrection. Thank you so much for listening to Arisen. As usual, I'm joined by Emily Williams. Emily, how are you doing today? Doing well, enjoying the sunny spring that is upon us that we are actually in full swing with. It's no longer almost spring. We are in in spring, so that is lovely. Watching lots of March Madness. Uh, and yeah, doing well. And for those that don't know, my name is Drew Entz. I'm the Ministry Director at Arise. And Emily, you are... Director for Community and Spiritual Growth. It's a mouthful. As we be able to start a conversation about Holy Week, I was just thinking through the beginning of this week and the importance of the ways in which faith and justice and faith and politics kind of find in itself a culmination in this week of the Mm -hmm. biblical narrative. Yeah, I think it's... I think the cool thing about the Easter story is that it's it's the same story every year. Uh, Jesus rises from the tomb, and yet what that resurrection means, what the entrance into Jerusalem means, what the disciples' Saturday means, it, it, it can sit with you differently each year. And I think that's one of the powerful things about just the this being the cornerstone of our faith is that the resurrection and the entire Easter narrative, it it has a way of speaking to us anew each year in our context in, you know, guided by the Holy spirit. What does this mean for us in 2021, a year into a pandemic as we are continuing to fight racial issues and the like. And I think as you just named, it is important to note that it's different from year to year, but it's also different from person to person. And Mm so it's interesting to see as God has made us differently and has spoken to us afresh through God's word and God's spirit, how, we can approach this, these stories in ways that are life-giving, but in very different ways. And mm-hmm. you kind of mentioned it for me this year, it really is about the call for justice in so many areas of our life and in the ways in which we engage. And again, to see basically this leader, Jesus, go in to Jerusalem and then ultimately be crucified by the same crowd Mm-hmm. is just really incredible to think about, especially as we come out of the political season we were in, the racial justice, not only our BIPOC uh, individuals and community, but also our AAPI community, and, of course, the LGBTQ plus uh, community as well, and so many mm-hmm. marginalized groups crying out and saying we will no longer be silent. Mm-hmm. It makes me really think uh, towards the end of the Palm Sunday verse. And I'm going to go ahead and read it right now because... We celebrate Palm Sunday earlier this week, mm-hmm. but I think it's really cool to start the narrative there and to go through gently. We're not going to read every passage or every story, but just to kind of think through what does this week mean for us who have been through so much this year. 
So this is from Luke chapter 19, verses 28 to 40. And after he said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethpage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples saying, go into the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find there a colt which has never been ridden, untied and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as they had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt and set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. And as he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud noise for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. And he answered, I'll tell you, if these were silent, the stones would cry out. I have really found it inspirational the ways in which some of our religious leaders, some of our political leaders, have told minority and oppressed groups to be silent about the oppression that they've experienced, that they are no longer being silent. Not Mm -hmm. only are they crying out, but all of creation is crying out. When we think back to George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Maude Arbery, and and others who have uh, been murdered, it it really becomes this thing where people were just done. People were not going to take it anymore. White supremacy had no root. It, It had no power in the spoken word and people speaking out and naming the harm that's being done. And hopefully we're seeing more work being done it's not it's not over but people aren't just going to turn a blind eye to it anymore and i think this really marries this i remember marching uh in black lives matter plaza and thinking about the procession of jesus i remember hearing church leaders and especially christians leaders say you're not being peaceful, you know, all the lies that they were saying, it harkened back to the story for me. It harkened back to the space of the people marching, the people crying out, no more injustice. We're going to have a different way of doing things. We're going to make Jesus this, this king who's going to usher in a new way, kick out the Romans. And yet Jesus is saying there's a different way and yeah. a in a new way, but you heard the the frustration of the people. You hear the frustration of those who have been oppressed. And I can't help but harken back to this summer, this past summer, and to even where we are right now with a continual call for justice. Yeah, there's a lot that you said in there that's kind of a, a lot of it I want to speak on. But I think one of the things that is really grabbing me first is this is a theme in all of Christianity, but um, I'm a big uh, proponent of Ignatian spirituality. And with Ignatian spirituality, we really drive home the point that Jesus inhabited a real human body, lived real days, and part of that in a real human culture. And I think of, you know, so much of the time, potentially we can just, you know, well, what does Jesus mean for my spiritual life? And well, what does Jesus mean for like the culture that we live in? Because Jesus lived in his own culture, w- marched in, um, as you're saying, really marrying these two, like the our, the our faith realm and our life, political, all, I mean, in human life is not political, but 
uh, marrying those two. And so what one of the things I'm first really sitting with is, you know, as we believe that Jesus lived a real human life and embodied human flesh, it has implications for our human life. And I think of that as both an invitation and a commandment. And I think that's one of the things that your the selection of the passage that you selected and also just kind of your own narrative with it really drives home is we're invited to imagine the ways that our Easter story, our resurrection story, all of it, the implications it has for our real human culture. And also we're commanded like no more silence. That's really sitting with me. And it it connects with what I, with a passage that I am sitting with, but I want to give you a second if there's any words you have just on that. And I appreciate everything you said. And I think the stones don't cry out for their own sake. The people aren't crying out for their own sake. They're, they're crying out in the midst of their pain, their despair, mm-hmm. the hope of something new, of the kingdom of God coming and creating a new way of being and a new way of doing life that is not mm-hmm. about oppressing others. Mm-hmm. And we see Jesus going all throughout this week, and we won't read every story, but Jesus turns over the tables in the temple because the people are being cheated and having their money stolen and mm-hmm. see Jesus angry, angry about injustice. And so for people who say that we shouldn't be angry about injustice, we just have to be impatient, uh, be patient. That's not the case. Jesus yeah. turns over the tables and then Jesus goes throughout the entire week from being hailed as a king to disappointing the crowd disappointing his own followers because he's not going to do the things that they think he needs to do. He's listening to God and is aligning himself so closely with the will of God and mm-hmm. with the spirit that it, it disappoints people all the way to the cross. So I am always, no matter it, my entire faith for me is grounded in the resurrection narrative, like the resurrection day and as I said, there's different parts of it that stand out each year as we come to celebrate it in Holy Week. But one of the things that's sticking with me is that the it's very connected to just the, the emphasis on just like the clash of cultures and kind of just like the vindication in this in the um, cry for justice. But I'm looking at the resurrection narrative in Luke, and I will go ahead and um, I'll read this and I'll give some um, context for why I've chosen this. So from Luke uh, 24, but on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And these are the women. Uh, But when they went in, they did not find the body while they were perplexed about this. Suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women uh, were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the son of man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified. And on the third day, rise again. Then they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the 11 and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other woman with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stopping and looking in. 
he saw the linen clothes by themselves. Then he went home amazed at what had happened. So if you only read one gospel, this would be kind of like, oh, that's great. You know, the women um, found it, you know, and they, they're going to anoint the body and commonplace. And they're like, oh, my goodness, the body's not here. And then the angels come in and it's very, you know, great. They tell the disciples. Awesome. The thing that's really interesting, though, is the accounts of very especially among Mark and uh, Mark's narrative that we read is just quite simply the women told no one because they were terrified. The women encountering the resurrection just kept their mouth shut, which the woman as the first evangelist for the resurrection, the woman as terrified people who just didn't say anything too drastically different accounts and one of the just one of the things about Luke Luke chapter 2 begins with the prayer of Mary and she says these lines of he's filled the poor and sent the rich away empty and all these themes about just the, the challenging and quite literally reversing their traditional power structures the traditional oppressive structures whether it's patriarchal whether it's other social classes whatever it is and at the very end we see this moment of it all kind of coming into being of these women first of all they had followed jesus through his ministry which is something as you look into it more and more it's um this is defying a lot of normal cultural expectations and there's that theme from luke and then it all kind of culminates with Luke's account of the women. And I think that that's something for us to name and make sure we don't miss is that this is kind of the lifting up the voices that are not often lifted up to the point where for whatever reason, I don't, who knows why Mark ended it that way, but well, why would the woman speak? You know, who, whatever contributed to that interpretive ending and here the, the women are are finding their voice are are being named as the first evangelists of the of the gospel of our belief in a resurrected savior. So it's something to name, and it's something that it, I see a lot of overlap, just in the importance of naming your culture and what does the resurrection mean in our time, in our in the oppressive um, whatever kind of structures are in place for us. And, and Jesus centering their voices as you said, just so powerful and such a part of the Eastern narrative that oftentimes is overlooked. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, do you have any closing thoughts as we finish our podcast regarding Easter and Holy Week? I mean, I think there's something really connected to the stones crying out and the women crying out, you know, just the way in which, the whole Easter story invites us to use our voice and invites us um, almost redeems our voice too. I think there's something really to that in whether we're proclaiming, uh, however we're proclaiming the resurrection, our voice is just this common theme in both of these that show up in really powerful ways. And it's people whose voice has often been overlooked are the most powerful. Yeah. Exactly. So you may not have the right words. You may not have a theological education. You may not feel comfortable with the Bible. You may not feel like your voice matters, but it does to God and it does to Jesus and it does to us here at Arise. 
So thank you for using your voice. Thank you for using your voice to praise Jesus, to to look and show where resurrection and transformation is happening, not just in your own life, but in lives around you. Mm-hmm. And thank you for keeping up your voice and speaking out for those who may not be able to. And for all those who've been crying out for justice and transformation on behalf of all of us at Arise, thank you for using your voice and speaking up with courage, with conviction, and for helping our world to be more like the kingdom of God. Well, on behalf of Emily and I and all of the board members and leaders at Arise, we hope that everyone has a very happy Easter. And we are looking forward to finishing out the year strong. We have one more month in the academic year and then finals. And just know that Emily and I are here with you. Emily, if people want to follow you or learn more about what you're doing, where should they look? Well, you can uh, follow us on uh, Arise GMU. And if you ever want uh, resources on just trying to explore what Christ's resurrection means for our days and rhythms, follow the Grace Lab. Go Grace Lab on Instagram. And uh, GMU is a lot of, Arise GMU, you'll see a lot of just the the beautiful things going on with our students. And if you want to look at our website, arisegmu.org. So thank you again, Emily, for your time and for all that you do for our students and our community and the local churches we partner with. And I hope everyone has a very happy Easter. Happy Easter.